You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I went to a church board meeting a few weeks ago, and so I said to the people who were there, we've been praying together and we've been fasting together on Wednesdays. So as you've been praying about planting new congregations, what, is, what has God been saying to you? So these are the leaders of your church that you elect to serve on the church board. So there were lots of responses, but this one lady says to me, Pastor Rick, I really struggled when I tried to pray for people in the Two Lakes community or when I tried to pray for people downtown. Because she said, as I would try to pray for them, I felt like God was saying to me, where's your heart when it comes to lost people? She said, I couldn't, I couldn't get beyond it. And I just realized sometimes how little I do to share Jesus with people. And so she said, this was really difficult for me. It was really hard, but I felt like the Spirit was leading me. And so I went and I knocked on the doors in my neighborhood, 40-some doors. And I invited the ladies to come to my house for a Bible study. And she said, so on that first Wednesday, I was shocked when 20 women came from my neighborhood to my home for a Bible study. And some of them knew a lot about the Bible, and some of them knew almost nothing about the Bible. And she said, and so one of them said, can we do it at my house next Wednesday? And so they sent around this list, and they all signed up when they would want to do it at their houses. And then other people signed up for when they would do the refreshments. And she said, now all I have to do is just go lead the Bible study. And so the other day, a bunch of the ladies got concerned, and now we're at 25 people who come. And one of the ladies got really concerned for the people who work, and they can't come to the daytime Bible studies, and they're wanting us to do something in the evenings. And she said, I'm amazed at what God is doing and the doors that he's opening. And so I'm just going to be straightforward, transparent with you right here, okay? While I'm sitting in the board meeting, and she's telling me this. I mean, I'm doing some real soul searching. And I'm asking myself questions about my own concern for people who don't know Jesus. And I'm thinking to myself about how little effort it seems that I sometimes give to sharing the gospel with people. Is that that what was going through your mind a few minutes ago when I was telling you her story? So if you said, what, what happened? How would you describe that whole thing that you just talked about with that lady that serves on our church board? Here's, here's what I would say. I would say that the Holy Spirit spoke to her as she began to try to pray. And the Holy Spirit called her to do something. And the Holy Spirit sent her out of her front door, down the sidewalk to all the neighbors in her neighborhood. And I would say the Holy Spirit was at work. And here's what's really amazing. So I opened the book of Acts this week, okay? And I'm in chapter 13, and I start reading. And you know what I find in the book of Acts chapter 13? I find that the Holy Spirit began to speak to some people. And the Holy Spirit started calling some people. And the Holy Spirit started sending people. And the Holy Spirit was at work. So let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Acts chapter 13. Would you grab a Bible or grab your phone or whatever you need to do to look it up? We'll also put the words on the screen for you, but go with me to Acts 
Chapter 13, and I'm going to start with verse 1, okay? Acts 13, verse 1. So the guy who is writing the book of Acts, his name is Luke. And he's telling us the story of this early church and how it begins to spread like wildfire. And here's what he says. Now, in the church in Antioch, and you're saying you left us last week at chapter 8. I know I'm going to fill you in, okay? But we're in chapter 13, verse 1. Now, in the church in Antioch. There were prophets and teachers. So you're going, help me with that a little bit. Okay, a prophet would have been somebody who preached or proclaimed the Word of God. And sometimes when we find that word in the New Testament, it's referring to people who might travel from place to place doing that. But in the church in Antioch, there were prophets, but there were also teachers. So people who taught the Word of God, but it usually refers to people who stayed longer periods of time in a certain place, like a pastor, okay? So in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and there were teachers. And then he names them. There were five that he names. There was a guy named Barnabas. There was a person named Simeon called Niger. There was Lucius of Cyrene. There was um, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, meaning raised up with him. And then there was a guy named Saul. That's the fifth one. So while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, say these next four words with me, will you? The Holy Spirit said. One more time. The Holy Spirit said. So you know what it tells me? It tells me that the Holy Spirit speaks. All right? So the Holy Spirit speaks to people. So while they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now wait a minute. The Holy Spirit is saying, I have called Barnabas and Saul. So a moment ago, we read the words that the Holy Spirit speaks. Now, we find out the Holy Spirit does something else. What else does the Holy Spirit do? He he calls. So the Holy Spirit speaks and the Holy Spirit calls. So, after they had fasted and prayed, again, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Now, the two of them, read these words with me. Sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Well, let's do it again, okay? Sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. So we read earlier that the Holy Spirit speaks, right? And then we read that the Holy Spirit calls. And now it's saying that the Holy Spirit does something else. The Holy Spirit sends. So the Holy Spirit sends these people. So the two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the Word of God in the Jewish synagogues. And then it says, all the while, John Mark was there with them serving as their helper. So, how are we doing after last Sunday's sermon, okay? Um, I talked to you about what I feel is a call on us as a church today to plant some congregations. So, let let me talk to you for a few minutes about where I am with that. When, when I came here two and a half years ago and I interviewed with the church board, I said to the church board, God has put some stuff in my heart. So if God brings me here, this is what we're going to focus on. And one of those things, being more intergenerational, investing in our youth and children, another of those things, that we become more a reflection of our neighborhood, that we become more colorful, that we become more multicultural, multiracial. And the other thing that I said was that we will have to plant 
congregations. And so in my very first staff meeting, I remember on a Monday morning, I was kind of nervous. The staff was all kind of going, okay, here's the new pastor. And I said to them, God's put some things in my heart. And as I lead this church, these are the things we're going to focus on. And I talked about being more intergenerational and being more intercultural, racial, and planting congregations. And then in my first board meeting, I said to the church board, i got to remind you that God has put some stuff in my heart. And when I stood up to preach you in some of those first weeks, I said to you, God's put some stuff in my heart. Let me just, let me just tell you, okay, that... I believe God has called us to make disciples. And if people aren't going to come to hear the gospel, what about this idea? What if we just go to where the people are? And so we got a community north of us called Two Lakes. And those people don't come to our church. But they go to a food pantry. And one day God began to open this door and now we have church on Sunday mornings. And the people are saying, I'm very happy to go to the food pantry for church on Sunday mornings because that's where I go get food. That's where I go get hugged. That's where I go get prayed for. That's where I go get loved. So you're having church on Sunday? I'll go to church there. It's the lady who says, I'm not calling these people and invite them to my church. No, I'm inviting them to my house and my neighborhood. And so instead of me saying, I'm going to try to get those people to come to me, what if I just go to where those people are? And what if I begin to open up my home and invite people there to study the Word of God with me? What an idea. And the truth of the matter is, we can go downtown and pass out flyers all day and invite people to our church. But the people who live there, they may never come here. So what if we instead went to where they are? And we begin to plant congregations, churches. And so, as I think about what the Lord put in my heart, I begin to pray and seek the Lord's leadership. I was eating breakfast one morning with Thaddeus Black. I mentioned Thaddeus to you last week. Thaddeus went very wayward as a young man and ended up in prison. But in those years, his mother never quit praying for him. And while in prison, Thaddeus came to know Jesus personally in his heart. And Thaddeus was discipled. And when he walked out of those doors, 11 years later, he was a godly man. And there were some people who go to our church whose names are Pitcocks. And they began to invest in Thaddeus' life. And they gave him a job. And Thaddeus became a part of their lives and a part of their family in a sense. And they said, Thaddeus, come to church with us. And Thaddeus began attending church here. And I remember one morning at breakfast, Thaddeus said to me, Pastor, I think God spoke to me. When you said that you gave a man a local minister's license, the Lord said to me, stay close to the pastor. And I remember leaning forward at Thaddeus that morning. I said, Thaddeus, are you telling me that you believe God is calling you to ministry? And Thaddeus said, I believe God's calling me to ministry. And then before we knew it, a door was opening at Two Lakes. And Thaddeus was going and he was helping people get groceries and he was hugging them. And he was praying for them and he was loving on them. And then he started leading a Bible study on Wednesday. And they began to say, could we have church on Sunday morning, Thaddeus? Do you understand that that's not something that I or Thaddeus or someone else had the power to put together? 
Well, Rick, how do you account for all of that? I remember one day walking in Chris Pollock's office and we were talking. And finally I said to Chris, Chris, you know that God has brought me here to plant some churches. And I remember Chris got up and he walked over and he closed his door. You never know what people are going to say when they close that door, do you? (laughs) And he said, I didn't know when to tell you this. But God has put it in my heart to plant a church. And God wants me to plant it downtown. You say, Rick, so how do you... How do you kind of explain all of that to get us to where we are now? I would say to you that the Holy Spirit speaks. And the Holy Spirit calls people. And sometimes the Holy Spirit sends people. I see the Holy Spirit at work. And then open the book of Acts this morning. And here's what I read in the book of Acts. That the Holy Spirit said, because the Holy Spirit speaks, set apart for me Saul and set apart for me Barnabas to do the work that I've called them to do because the Holy Spirit calls. And when they went on their way, they were sent by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit sends people. Amen. So here we go. You ready? I believe. It's 2014. Welcome to November, by the way. And to the fall of the year and the time change and all that. Today... The same Spirit still speaks and calls people and sends people. That's what I believe. And I believe that's what God is doing. So let me, let me catch you up, okay? I know I kind of jumped into chapter 13 in the middle of the story. You remember last week we were talking about this guy named Stephen. And he is stoned to death. And it was on that very day that great persecution breaks out against the whole church. Well, when that happens, people are running for their lives. And the Bible says that they ran into the rest of Judea because Jerusalem is in a city in a region called Judea, okay? And then they ran to the region north of that called Samaria. Then when you get to chapter 11, Luke says, Do you remember me telling you about how people ran to Samaria and Judea? And the gospel is being spread like Philip goes to a city in Samaria. Yeah. Okay. In chapter 11, he says, not only did they go to Judea and Samaria. Let me show you a map, okay? So you'll get a great idea of what we're talking about. He says they also went beyond. Okay. Now, the church, as far as we know, and this thing is not helping me out at all. I think it's gone. No, it's there. Um, no, it's gone. It's gone. So, but you can see up there, and I almost fell. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Jerusalem, (laughs) down at the bottom, you see Jerusalem. And then that region is Judea. So the gospel scatters all around Jerusalem. And then up into the next region, Samaria. You see it above Judea. And then he says, some of those Christians go as far as Phoenicia. You see Phoenicia is written um, uh, vertically. Then Cyprus, you see the island out here to the left. And as far north as Antioch, all the way up at the top in Syria. And he says the people are preaching the gospel to Jews in Phoenicia and Cyprus. But then when they go to Antioch, guess what they do? They preach the gospel to the Greeks also, people who aren't Jews, to the Gentiles. Thanks for the map. I thought that might help a little bit. And so something's happening. And so the Jews said the Messiah is is for us. 
And, and Jesus says, I'm, I'm for whosoever. <laughs> I'm for everybody. And you have Philip who goes and preaches in a Samaritan city. And then you have these guys who are going up to Antioch. And you have a guy named Peter who has a vision where God really reveals to him, I don't show favoritism, but the gospel is for everybody, every nation. And now the gospel is going to the whole world. And so when the church in Jerusalem, down here where the church only started, when they hear that there's people in Antioch and they're even Gentiles, they say, hey, we need to send some people up to help them out. And so they send a guy named Barnabas. Barnabas goes up and he sees what's going on and he gets excited and Barnabas goes, I'm going to go get me some help. And he goes to Tarsus and he gets a guy whose name is Saul. Now you remember Saul was the guy who was persecuting the church, but listen to this. However, Saul has been converted and he's on fire for Jesus. And so he and Barnabas spend an entire year in Antioch. They teach and they preach and they pastor those people in Antioch. So, I want to talk to you a minute about this. We, we sometimes ask ourselves questions like, so what does God, what does God want to do through me? So I, I hear what's happening in Acts. And I hear what God is doing in Thaddeus. And I hear what God's saying to Chris. So what, what about me? What... What is my role? I, I go to the church at BFC. So what, what do I do? So when I look at this passage, here's what it tells me that the church in Antioch did, okay? It says that they were worshiping, that they were fasting, that they were praying, and they were fasting. And that's what it says they did. They, they were worshiping and praying and they were fasting and they were praying and they were fasting. And then, you ready for the, the big deal? Here we go. Then they were obedient to the Spirit. Really? Yeah. They prayed and they fasted and they worshiped and they fasted and then they were obedient to the Spirit. So... So we were meeting as our church board back a few months ago and we were talking about Chris and the call that God had placed on his life and we were talking about Thaddeus and one of the board members said, you know what I think we should do? I think we should pray and fast together. And so we all agreed and so we decided that we would take Wednesday and we would set it aside as a day to pray and fast. And so I didn't say to the board members, here's how many meals you should fast on Wednesday, or here's how long you should pray. I just said, you and Jesus will work that out, but let's all take some time to pray and to fast. And then I said to our church staff, the church board is praying and fasting on Wednesday. Would you guys like to pray and fast with us on Wednesday and seek God's heart in all of this? And so they did. And then last Sunday I stood up and I said to you, we're going to be fasting and praying. Would you join us? And would you may even on Wednesday take some time to fast, miss some meals, and pray and seek God's heart and what He wants to do? There was a season of my life where I was a part of a church. I told you last week where people were getting saved on a regular basis. It was just, it was just amazing. And everybody began to ask me, what are you guys doing? And, and really... 
We weren't doing anything different. And God was just moving. The Holy Spirit was calling and speaking and sending. and It was amazing. And when I look back on those days, the, the only things that really stand out to me is that there was a guy whose name was Rock Jaggers. What a name. Don't you wish your name was Rock Jaggers? And a lady named Vicki Monroe. And separately, God challenged them to gather people to pray. And so Rock did that and Vicki did that. And they just waited on God to move. But two laymen in the church, God just put it in their hearts to gather people together to pray. That's the only thing I noticed that was unique. And so I, I attend church here. What, what has God wanted me to do? Well, I think we start by saying, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to seek God's heart in all of this. A couple of months ago, more than that, a few months ago, I was, like you, very aware of the news. A word I'd never heard before was in the news every day. The word was ISIS. I was hearing about what was happening in Iraq and in Syria. When I began to hear that Christians were being persecuted, Christians were being beheaded, children were being killed, mothers, wives, everybody. I was, I was glued to televisions at times. I went in just this week and I just typed the words in on my laptop. Syria, Christian persecution. And there were pages I just couldn't stay on very long. I had to get away from that. Do you know where Antioch is? Do you know? Syria. Wait a minute. You're telling me that what becomes the launching pad... To take the gospel to the Gentile world with Syria? Where they're killing Christians? Today? Yes. Wait a minute. You're saying that the place that faced, faced rather Asia Minor and Europe where Paul took off for his missionary? Syria. Man, don't we have to pray for Syria? And, and listen to what happens. From Syria, I mean, the gospel goes forward. I mean, people are taking the gospel like crazy. And Paul starts his three missionary journeys from there. And, and it was just from there that church after church after church after church was planted. And person after person after person came to know Jesus. And God was doing just amazing things. And the people in Antioch, on the day that they put their hands on Saul and Barnabas and sent them off, they had no idea. No idea in the world what God was going to do. In their wildest dreams could have never imagined what God was going to do. That so many people would come to know Jesus and the church would grow so fast and go so far, so quickly. When they put their hands on those guys and said, okay, we're sending you off, they had no idea. And so, are you okay to take a few minutes and just dream with me? I mean, what, what is God going to do through us? 
See, when I think about God dreaming about the future, I don't think it's like our dreams. I mean, I can't see very far. I don't, I don't have the kind of faith. I, I mean, I think that what God wants to do through us would just blow everybody's mind in the room. When he looks at the future and what he wants to do through us, I think he sees incredible things happening. So what does God want to do through you and through me? There is a lot of walking around in the room today. I'll just tell you right now. Everybody's moving. Get a seat and stay in it. Amen? All right. Don't move. Don't leave. Stay with me. Somebody's got to be having a conversation with me right now going, Rick, I hear you. And I got a feeling it goes a little deeper than that. Some of you may be saying, I'm glad that God is speaking. You know, I, I pray for this kind of stuff. I'm glad the Holy Spirit is moving. It excites me. But when I think about what's going on in Two Lakes, I'm excited and I will support it, but God's not calling me there. Or when I think about the possibility of planting a church downtown, I mean, that excites me, but honestly, God's not calling me to do that. God's not sending me. I had a guy stand up in my office just this week and he says, Pastor, I'm so excited about everything's going on and I believe that God is working, you know, and I believe God's doing great things. But I'll just tell you that as excited as I am, I don't feel that God is calling me either there or there. I believe that God has put me here and He wants me here. Rick, I I love the fact that the Holy Spirit sends people, but He's not sending me. Listen to me. Do you remember when you first came here and and God said, this is it. This is where I want you. You looked at your spouse or family member or friend and you said, this is where I should be. I know. This is it for me. Who do you think sent you here? (laughs) It's okay to say, God sent me here. But he didn't send me here just to kind of put my feet up, listen to the music, listen to the sermon, and go and come back next week. This is where he sent me to give and to serve and to pray and to work and to share. And there are many of you. God sent you here. If we all left, we couldn't send anybody else, could we? But there are some of you that God will send. And when you come to me and you say to me, Pastor Rick, I believe God has spoken to me. And I believe God is sending me somewhere. And then nobody is going is to put their arms around you and pray with you and give thanks to God more than I am. And so you may, 
you may want some more information. You may say, I'm, I'm hearing you, but I, I need more information. Like, like when and where and how. Well, at Two Lakes, we know the, the, the when is now. Thaddeus is holding service on Sunday mornings. He's gathered quite a core of people from that community. And, and, and it's meeting at the food pantry on Lyrewood in Two Lakes. We don't know all the rest of the house, but we're working on it. And then when you think about downtown, we don't know where. We assume we're going to be in a rented building initially. That's, that's what we assume. Unless somebody wants to give us a building, we probably are going to rent a space. And, and, and when? Probably one year from now will be like the official launch of a church is what we're dreaming about and praying for. But until then, there will be a lot going on and, and we'll be down there. People will be there doing things. But Chris and Mikkel, they're going to be pretty much with us a lot on Sunday mornings until we get to that point. And, and they'll be working with us and working with that down there. All the hows, we don't know, but we do want to have conversations. And so next Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock, Thaddeus and I, and some others will be at Two Lakes at the food pantry on Lyrewood. And if you want to come and just know more about what we're doing there, we invite you to come. You don't have to commit at this point. You're just saying, I want to hear more of the conversation. And then next Sunday night, here at the church, Chris, Mikkel, and others will meet concerning the Midtown. And answer any questions you might have. And just say, this is what we believe God is saying to us so far. But I need to challenge you. One pastor said it this way, we don't have a seat for you. Uh, We don't even have a building down there, much less a seat to put in it. It's not a matter of you saying, I might try that and see if I like that. No. You You will be out of sorts. What we do have is a place to serve, and a place to give, and a place to pray, and a place to lead, and a place to invest and a place to push up your sleeves and get your hands very dirty in ministry. But we don't have a seat for you. It's not a place to sit and relax and to be ministered unto. It's a place to serve. Amen, Thaddeus? Amen. Amen, Chris? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks and sometimes he calls and sometimes he sends and none of this that we're doing we feel like we're doing our own design we feel like the Holy Spirit has led us so let me, let me wrap it up by saying simply this to you. Some of you may say to me, Rick, you lost me at the introduction. The lady who said, why would I get to praying about people downtown or people in two lakes when I don't even have a heart for lost people? And I basically get up and I go through Starbucks And I go to work and I watch another sporting event on TV and I go to bed. And the next day I do all that again. But I don't expend any effort. I don't pray about. I don't do anything about people needing Jesus. So you left me back at the introduction.
It may be this morning that as we pray, that's what you most need to pray about. Go, plant churches. That's fine, Pastor, but let me tell you something. God's got to help me because my heart is not where it should be. If it were up to me, everybody would just go to hell. I'm not doing anything. That may be what you most need to pray about this morning as we pray. And I wonder if there's somebody else sitting here going, Hello, I'm hearing everything you say. I'm in the room. I heard the whole thing. I'm one of those people you're talking about. I'm not a Christ follower. I'm not a Christian. A lot wrong in my life. I need forgiveness. I need transformation. I need Jesus to change my heart desperately. And I would say, come. That may be what you most need to pray about. And it may be that some of you are just going through some tough times. And you just need to come and pray. Or you're praying for somebody that you love. Or you need healing. There will be pastors here to pray for you. But let's stand together, shall we? And we'll sing a prayer. And some of you will feel challenged this morning to come to the altars and pray. So what do you do? I think we want to look at the church in Antioch. They prayed. They fasted. Let's pray. Okay? Father, this morning, we turn our hearts to you. The people of God for centuries have fasted and prayed when there's been big decisions to make and when your spirit was speaking. Quicken our hearts for people who need Jesus. And help that person who is here today that needs Jesus to find him. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Let's sing together.
feel free to stay as long as you want we'll continue to worship but when you leave leave real quietly will you do that and just let people pray and if you want to come and join them feel free to god bless you you have been listening to a message from bethany first church of the nazarene visit us online at bethanynaz.org